Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Tuesday afternoon here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We're up in Ames. Jared Stansberry and Rob Gray just got out of Matt Campbell's weekly press conference talking about Saturday's now top 10 showdown between the Iowa State Cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes at Jack Trice Stadium. Rob, how are you doing today? How was your Labor Day? Doing okay. Uh, it, was a, it was a decent day. Uh, I won't go into much detail, but I've been very uh, angry about the Yellow Jackets ruining my raspberry patch this uh, this fall. Um, it's been a tough tough year over there, but uh, we'll we'll move into the more important stuff, which is Cyhawk Week. Well, I don't know, man. I think everybody's probably really concerned about the health of your raspberries. But... Well, the plants are fine. It's okay. just they, yeah. they burrow into all the fruits because they need the the sugar. The little, you know, you need, watch, you need to listen to the horticulture hour on the on Iowa I'm Public Radio ask for a little some while. Questions. Yeah, I was gonna say, might need to call <laughs> in. But uh, yeah, Saturday's game, just the AP poll was just released uh, about half an hour ago. Iowa State comes in at number nine, Iowa number ten. Obviously, the first time that both these teams will have been ranked in the top ten because it's the first time they've both been ranked when this game started. Uh, Rob and I are assuming that it's the first time that Iowa State will ever play a game against another top 10 team with both teams in the top 10 at Jack Trice Stadium. I mean, I don't know when that would have ever happened prior to this, but uh, I mean, I think, you know, everybody knows that this is a huge game. The coaches, the players are going to say everything about avoiding distractions. It's just another game and things like that. But at the end of the day, like everybody knows, Matt Campbell said like there, this game does mean something, you know, regardless of what people want to say when they're, you know, doing the, uh, we don't care as much as those guys care thing. Yep. Yep. And I mean, like he said, and he said it with emphasis, it's like, it's a rivalry game and that means something. It always means something. And it especially means something. He, he referenced how their, their two deeps are filling up more with Iowans, which kind of shows how, yes, even though Iowa's won five in a row in this series, you know, we've seen the recruiting get closer, especially for in-state talent. So, you know, it means little something more for mm-hmm. those guys. Of course, they can't approach it like that, but as they think about it, it's natural to be like, man, I'd really like to to get the other big FBS rival in the, in the state. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just, just from a strictly football standpoint, like you said, a top 10 matchup between these two teams, unprecedented. Um, just what this season could be. The fans are back for the, for the first time um, in full force. And it makes college game day an afterthought. And, uh, you know, but obviously somber to remember the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 as well. So, so many things swirling into this. And at the center of it is just a college football game between two possibly great teams in the state, which right. is uh, which is pretty, again, unprecedented, but also uh, should be a lot of fun. A couple of housekeeping things really quick. Uh, some injury updates. Charlie Kohler and Orion Vance both practiced on Monday. Uh, I would be very surprised if Charlie does not play. I don't have I don't know as much about Orion's yeah. situation, but I, I think I'd probably be surprised if he didn't play. I'd be well, very surprised. Yeah. Uh, based on what Coach Campbell has said so far, it sounded like it was a hamstring injury, but nothing major or anything like that. Either way, uh, Gary Vaughn played really well once he checked into uh, into the game in place of Orion Vance uh, during the win over Northern Iowa on Saturday. So I think that you know they would feel confident even in a situation where you know, Gary would have to play a little bit more. Um, I mean, I I think getting Charlie Kohler back will be invaluable though in, in so many different ways and you know you hear coach Campbell talk about how much he adds to the explosiveness of the mm-hmm. offense and things like that just the attention that 88 garners on play from a play-to-play basis is so huge for this offense and the way that he's able to create mismatches and, and leverage for them offensively 
No doubt. I mean, when you have a tight end that can stretch the field and, and excel in intermediate routes, whether along the sideline, especially over the middle of the field, just think how much that defense has to collapse there or shade one way. And then if it's not Xavier Hutchinson, it's Tariq Milton in a great position to make a big play. It's Brees Hall in a great position to, to, to catch maybe a screen out of the backfield. Uh, Brees Hall run maybe goes a little better because you got some stuff going on with just the fact that Charlie is there. So um, I think in a way he's kind of like the keystone to the offense because he gives you so much. And, and you can't – he's not just a – I didn't want to say he's, he's not a plotting tight end that can make good grabs mm -hmm. as a tall uh, guy, but a guy that can actually – he's going to challenge. He's, you can't just put a linebacker on him and, and expect uh, to have success. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it was really Often good. Often anyway. Well, yeah. It, it was good for Iowa State, I think, even still to have that game maybe where they didn't have to play with Charlie because I think mm -hmm. you were able to see some of the growth of Brock Purdy, you know, Last year when Iowa State played Louisiana without Charlie, I think you could really see how much of a security blanket he yeah. is for Brock. You know, he maybe didn't have that rapport with Xavier Hutchinson quite yet yeah. uh, after the weird offseason uh, created by COVID. Um, and then, you know, we hadn't really seen Brees. We'd seen Brees have a lot of success as a freshman. We hadn't seen him become, you know, the beast, yep. uh, kind yeah. of as he is, is called now. But... Uh, I thought it was really good to see Brock P efficient, make good decisions, and do a lot of really good things, you know, in going 21 to 26 for 199 yards. Were they explosive? Not really. Even the moments when they were explosive, they shot themselves in the foot immediately uh, to keep themselves from being able to take advantage of those moments. But uh, just seeing him be able to go out and make good decisions and not have to rely on one guy or anything like that or, you know, be comfortable without that guy out on the field, I thought that that was really big for, for him and for Iowa State's offense in, as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not about big numbers for him. I mean, a, a less mature Brock Purdy forces more things. And if you think about it... We actually saw Brock Purdy throw a ball out of bounds. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah, we did. And, you know, he had a couple bad balls, too, that could have been bigger plays. I think one was a third down to Chase Allen that was just kind of yeah, crossed up. It just looked like yeah. that. But, I mean, like you said, the, the efficiency of that. He, he And as Coach Campbell said, he managed the game tremendously well. Puts you in a position to win. Not by the margin that, that certainly fans wanted or expected. But, you know, there, we've seen them be in a lot of close games. Obviously, two or three losses last season were – by combined five points, you know, four of their wins were touchdown or less. So they're getting used to being. And and what's a mark of a winning program? Being able to to start reversing the trend in close games. How many close games did they lose in the first couple of years at Campbell? How many are they pulling out now? And uh, I think that trend's going to got to continue as, against a team that that mirrors that in mm -hmm. Iowa. That last week's result, aided by two pick sixes against Indiana, notwithstanding. They play a lot of one-possession games, too. And part of their success hinges on the fact that their details are good. I mean, it's just such an intriguing matchup every year. And as we've seen, despite this five-year winning streak for the Hawkeyes, the Cyclones have been right there. Uh, in all but one of their games. All but, all but one. And, and, and one, they just couldn't get the offense going at all, 13-3. That was a, the only 13-3 game that felt like it was 56-0. to zero. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those games where when Iowa State is – to some extent, last week, yeah, up six, even though you and I get the ball back, you're like, no, they're not going to go 90 yards with no timeouts on this Cyclone defense. So, again, very, very intriguing, and it's just interesting to see that evolution of, of you know, that, that 
okay, they're similar teams. When you're built on the run, you're built on toughness, you're built on details, and being in the right place, running to the ball, like all these things. It's, again, just two really good programs uh, trying to force the other one to beat themselves when that's kind of the forte of each team. Right. I think the other, the big thing with Brock, the best number that came out of that game the other day was zero interceptions. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it brings up a number that I know you're going to be focused on a little bit this week. In the last five matchups between these two teams, Iowa has not turned the ball over once. Uh, I would be. I would ask you to do the research. Is there any team that Iowa State has played five years in a row in the last five years that has not turned the ball over? Because I can't imagine that there is one. And, and that I mean, everybody on their schedule for the most part they play every year. It's uncanny. Yeah, I believe uh, Mike Rose called it mind-boggling, because something's going to happen. It might be a muff punt. It might be oh somebody put a hit on a guy with the helmet, even though he had the catch. Boom pops up. That did not happen once, those five games. We had an overtime game. We had uh, – it, it, it's, it's a staggering – Like a weird rain delay game. Yeah. I mean, it's a staggering stat. And, I mean, hey, a lot of it is they're a, almost always a fundamentally sound team. A lot of it also is luck. And I'd, be, I'd certainly be saying that if we were the other way around, too. If I was say to not committed a turnover to Iowa in five years, I'd be like, that's – a great combination mm -hmm. of, of how you drill and your skill and luck. Um, interesting to see if that breaks because if you can't get turnovers in games that are as tight as these games are, well, who usually wins? The team that uh, ends up on the plus side of that ledger. And even though I don't think the Cyclones have turned it over much in most of those games, you go you go minus one. I mean, there, there's a difference in a in a two point loss. So um, yeah, I, I and everyone else will be writing about that a little bit, but. Right. Uh, it's just such a, again, I just can't imagine. It would take like two full days of research to go through every FBS program to yeah. find the turnovers they've had in all their series and all that. But I just, I, I can't. What, you tell me you don't have any free time to <laughs> do the research? I, what do we yeah, even pay you for? <laughs> I got those raspberries to worry about, dude. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, excuse me. I don't know. It, I, I, it's not funny but it's it's just bizarre it, and, yeah, and we'll see if it shifts around and obviously you know like I said everyone will be writing about it because it is so strange right and I think you know if anybody's worried about distractions or anything like that being an issue for this game I mean besides apparently Tyler Goodson the Iowa running back who's a fantastic player you know Matt Campbell had a lot of really good things to say about Tyler and it, be hard to have anything but good things to say about him because he's a he's a very very good running back. Uh, I I don't have any level of concern with that with these guys. I mean I, I don't think that they could care less what the what's going on with college game day or anything yeah, like that. Like yeah, even if yeah. they asked them to be you know they asked Brees Hall to be on game day or something like that. I think they'd have a hard time to ever get any of those guys to do something like that. I I am not concerned about them being distracted by the big things that come with this game. No, I mean and that's how they've become successful at this program yeah. you know it's it's that even keel which i might uh, describe as a boring approach it doesn't mean you don't celebrate we've seen some of the locker room celebrations uh, notably some of the fiesta bowl right stuff um but when coach campbell says you know you live in the moment and that in that moment after a big play passes after after you win hey exult and then that's it you're down you're you're thinking about what's next and and that's how you succeed. And I think, you know, that's, again, I, to, to correlate, I think that's how Iowa's done it, even though every now and then you get a, 
I don't know what you call it, a, a, a little, it's actually quite rare to get some uh, uh, flamboyant or whatever language. Uh, out yeah, that of, was quite out of character for anybody that plays for Iowa, um, for him to say anything like that, I felt like. So, um, you know, again, you should go back through gonna, the PR coaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the media prep. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's funny to see all those greatest hits uh, all put together in such a tight package. That's yeah. really, really, that's really impressive. But, yeah, these guys, they live to, you know, Coach Campbell says they love to play football. And they don't love to hype themselves or worry about hype from anybody else. Or, you know, they might, if somebody derides them, they might take that to heart a little bit. and add a little chip to their shoulder but um yeah it's uh it wouldn't be Cyhawk week without something uh, a little bit whether it be from uh, from somewhere to, to from me some of this stuff. Yeah. from me yeah some people think that i'm fueling controversy i by asking Brees about distractions which was i motivated by the quote that i saw from tyler goodson yes i did not ask him about tyler goodson yeah. i don't think Brees would have even seen the quote to answer the question in that way yeah but i mean I just thought that to say that those things were going to be distraction, all this stuff was just really weird. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm going to ask them about distractions now because this is just a weird thing to say. Yeah. It's a weird thing to bring up in this scenario. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. I think at the end of the day, like, we're going to break down this game a lot here in the coming days. But it, it we know what this is going to be. I mean, yep. this is going to be a slobber knocker. This is a heavyweight fight. Jeff and I talked about this yesterday on yep. Football Around Things. This is like Ollie Frazier, where it's going to be two guys that are going to come in. They're ready to go 10 rounds. And, I mean, you better bring your lunch pail and your hard hat. To go back to Paul Rhodes' reference, yep. Yep. Uh, you better bring your hard hat. because Blue collar. Yeah, this is going to be a blue collar type of football game. And um, it's going to be a physical football game. This is going to be one that's not for the weak uh, the weak hearted, like you better come out there ready to hit somebody and, you know, and, and bring your boomstick for sure. And no doubt about it. I mean, when, again, when it's what each program hangs its hat on, it's going to decide who wins. And it's of such significance. I mean, if the Cyclones want to be what they think they can be this season, which is a national championship contender, they've got to, you know, win in the trenches against a team, again, that is accustomed to almost always winning in the trenches. It's the same thing for Iowa. I mean, if Iowa yeah. wants to be – like, there's no reason to, that they should be thinking that they can not be a, exactly. a, a contender like that after mm -hmm. the way that they played on Saturday. So I think, you know, I think this is going to be a fantastic football game, dude. I would be very shocked if this is anything but a really good football game from beginning to end. Yeah, points – It might be boring as hell, but it'll be a good football game. Points will be at a premium in all likelihood. Now, we've seen it before where something weird happens. But that was when – the programs were kind of mismatched. Like when, if an Iowa State shocked Iowa by 18 points when Iowa was ranked 12th and the Cyclones were a middling team, that would just come out of a right. Now that the teams are both so good across all phases and the two deeps, it's it's hard. It's, it's almost almost as hard to imagine a, a team. Uh, going five straight games in the series without uh, giving up a turnover <laughs> right. to imagine that somehow one team is going to blow out the other one in this game unless something, again, absolutely mind-boggling were to occur. For sure. Uh, well, Rob, good luck with the raspberries. Thank you, sir. We'll uh, talk to you again on Saturday uh, after the game on the post-game report. We're going to toss it off to Coach Campbell and have his press conference from this morning here in its entirety uh, after this break here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. 
All right, guys, um, you know, again, I think a lot of my reflection from the game of what I said on Saturday, this past Saturday's game is, is really very similar. You know, 90% of what I saw last week, a lot of really positive things. 10% of what I saw from last week, I think there's obviously areas of growth that we need to make. And if we want to continue to be the team that we've got the ability to be, and really that's our, our mindset as we go into this week, certainly a great challenge. Um, uh, certainly an excellent opponent, really good football team, a uh, team that's got a lot of really talented players back and will you know, provide a great challenge for us. So with that said, you know, Randy, go ahead and you can get started. What must your offense do better on Saturday than it did last Saturday? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think from an offensive standpoint, um, really much like, you know, I think really all phases of the game, there was some detail and precision that lacked, you know, some ball security issues obviously uh, cost us big in big moments. Um, I thought we drove the ball really well, but it was the precision and detail to put points on the board and finish drives. And so I, that really hurt us. And obviously that's an area for us of continued concentration. Going through the game notes, uh, I was struck by one stat, which is in the last five games, I was not turned the ball over once in this series. <laughs> so I guess, A, how hard is that to do on their end? And B, how hard is that to overcome when they're playing that sound and not giving you those extra opportunities? Well, I think that's the respect you have, honestly, for their program and, and how they win football games. You know, they do such a great job of creating the tempo and pace of the game in their favor and then putting themselves at an advantage to win the football game at the end of the game. And I think on the flip side, when you've seen us play at our best, uh, very similar. And so, um, you know, you, you look at even our matchups against them, turning the ball over in, in some critical moments and critical times, you know, have, have really hindered us. So. Uh, it's a great stat, and to be honest with you, I think a, a telling stat of how they win, and I think when we've had great success, how we've won. After being able to look at the film, how would you evaluate your offensive line's play on Saturday? Yeah, I would say the word solid. You know, I think that really protected well in the football game. Um, you know, from a run game standpoint, it was solid. Um, you know, I don't think any better or any worse than that. You know, there were some er there were some times where some really positive things happened, and other areas of the run scheme broke down and then uh, you know in some other times you know maybe it was one guy that was a hair off but uh, you know I, I would say a solid performance and, and I think uh, exciting to watch that group just continue to grow the positive is played a lot of guys in there and uh, a lot of competition continuing to happen on that at that position group get some injury updates on Charlie Sean and Orion yeah you know I, who else it, was he hurt you said on the radio Oh, dinged up going into the going into the end of the game the the week before. Yeah, you know I, I think the biggest thing from our end we feel really confident about where we are with all three of those guys. You know Orion, um, Charlie both practiced on Monday, which was great in terms of what we did. Um, in terms of Sean, I still think we're a little bit of week to week standpoint. I, I don't think it'll be this week, and I still think it'll be a little bit of time before we get Sean back. When you're meeting or talking with fans, I imagine the bowl victories and all that you guys have accomplished is the first thing that comes up. But how quickly does things pivot to the record against Iowa? 
in your five years here? Yeah, I, I don't even know because I, I don't know if I, that conversation is one that, you know, I, we think about and we don't think about the bowl victories and we certainly don't think about, you know, the losses. You know, we do know that that's an area for us that, you know, they've done a great job in the four games that we played against them. Um, they've been some great games, but, you know, certainly credit goes to them. But I, I don't think that conversation really has come up very much, either from all the bowl victories or some of the tough losses we've had. We've mentioned about the turnovers in this series. I'm just curious, uh, since you've been here, what have you learned about this rivalry? What you know has Iowa presented to you that you feel like has stayed the test of time? I mean, I, it's as in any rivalry football game, I think one of the things is it means something. And I think there's always a higher level of energy. And to be honest with you, it's a, any rivalry game, and especially a game like this where the energy's high, it's who in the moment can fundamentally do their responsibility in detail. And, you know, I think even look at us in this game at times, we have, you know, played well, and yet in the moments, some of the critical moments, we haven't been able to execute, and they have, and that's been the difference in the game. But, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's certainly an incredible rivalry. It's a, it's a rivalry that you want to be a part of. It's why you come to college to play in games like this. What have you seen from their secondary on film? Obviously, they had a big game last week. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think ball hawks really in terms of the secondary, you know, they do a great job. Their defense allows them to have vision on the football. Um, they're good athletes and can make plays on the ball. And so, you know, they were able to do that last week and, you know, tip balls, balls in the air. They're able to make really good plays because the defense that they play allows them to have great vision on the ball. Go ahead. Once this crazy world of college football straightens out in a few years, whenever that is, the realignment <laughs> stuff, what happens if, if it does not include Cyhawk football? What are, what are your thoughts if it, if it would not on the, on the happen chance? Uh, boy, that great question. Honestly, Randy, and, and, and probably one I'm, I'm ill-prepared to even think about because I don't even think I've even put any thought into that other than man as I've come here and been a part of this game and certainly this rivalry game it's really special and it's special for the state um, it's certainly special for both universities that play division one football and I think even when you talk about playing in the UNI game I think it's really special I think that's what makes this state really unique um, that the families care they have great respect for their universities and it's meaningful when they get an opportunity to play against each other so I, I think when I think of the global presentation of that question, um, you know, I don't just think about, you know, um, the Cyhawk game. I think about the UNI game. I think all those things, and I think you can tell the meaningfulness and the pageantry that kind of goes around it with all those games that get played. Hey, Matt. Hey. Um, when do you allow yourself even a moment to sort of look at all of this <laughs> this week and sort of have a little pride of like, yeah, I had a feeling we could do this. A lot of people didn't think that this, everything, the big game, game day, all that was possible here. You allow yourself even a moment of pride saying like, yeah, I think we, I knew we could do this. Yeah, you know, I, I think what's been interesting over even last year, you know, I, I think as, as you go through it, it, it's it's not easy to be done. We know that um, we have to do it a little bit of very unique way. But I, I do think as you as you come to the stadium and you see even last Saturday, you walk out to the field and you get this fan base back and you you see the the skyline has changed here. Um, you know, it's just a, you, you take it in and there's a great sense of appreciation. And and yeah, there is a pride, I think, about being a, a cyclone right now and, and what we're about and certainly, you know, what we have the ability to continue to do. And, and 
and I think there is a great pride within our organization and certainly our, our program. Matt, what's it mean to have college game day back for the second time in three years for this university, for this program, and, and for this game? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'd say, especially seeing that two years ago, um, it's great for it's great for it's great for our state. It's certainly great for our university to be able to to showcase, you know, what's going on here, some of the buildings, certainly what's what's been happening. Obviously, the game itself, I think it's great for. Um, so I, I always think those things, having a national presence, man, that what a huge positive for everybody involved. What kind of challenges does Tyler Goodson present? I mean, just that entire Iowa offense, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I think you, you, we know when, when you're going to play these guys, they're going to run the football. And, you know, they've. I think Tyler has shown the ability to make big runs, great finisher of runs, um, had a big one early in the game last week. And, you know, I, I think very similarly, great vision. What's great backs have? They got great vision and he does have that. And, you know, veteran offensive line, you know, I think that offensive line, especially with Linderbaum in the middle, you know, really allows them to, to do what they do best. And, and that's really create movement up on the line of scrimmage and create vertical run seams. And he's got a great ability to find those. Matt, I know in the past you've, uh, talked about your respect for Kirk Ferentz. Um, do you see any similarities between the two of you or anything that he does that you would like to emulate or anything like that? Well, I, I think the biggest thing, I, just from perspective of, you know, sustained success. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that you look at their team, they, they know how to win games. They know who they are. They understand their identity and the ability to sustain success over a long period. It's, it's hard to win in college football. I think we all know that. And to be able to win over an extended period of time and sustain success, my, my, there's a sincere respect factor for any coach that's got the ability to do that and do it over such a long period of time. So I, I would say those are the biggest things from a respect factor in terms of you know, looking at their program from the outside. You talked a little bit about that 90% of, of liking what you saw from the run game, but how imperative is it this week to, to get more out of that unit and, and that faction of the game, especially with Iowa's you know, DBs and, and you know, especially the, the presence they have in the passing game? Yeah, you know, I, I think if you know us, you know, we always want to run the football. And, you know, what, what did we run as efficiently as we wanted to last Saturday? We didn't. Um, you know, can we be better? Yes. And must we be better? Yes. So I think those are all areas for us that, that we will continue to work on and continue to get our, ourselves into position to be the best we can be. You know, I think the great thing about what we do offensively is we're always going to adjust, whether it's in game or game to game, to put ourselves in the best position to win the football game. And, you know, I think even had to change our mindset, you know, somewhere around the, the third quarter last week of saying, man, how are we going to win this football game? And, you know, I think that's where having and a veteran staff on both sides of the ball take the ego out of it and figure out how to win games. And we'll have to do the same thing this coming Saturday. Coach, two-part question. Uh, obviously, this game being played on 9-11, do you remember where you were at or what was going on in your life around that time on that day? And yeah. do you know if there's any personal significance, whether it's with you or coaching staff or any players uh, for that day? Yeah, you know, I, I, Randy asked that question um, last week, and I thought a really good question, and instantly my mind went back. I, I was actually um, my junior year at Mount Union. Um, you know, at, it was a Tuesday, and we, 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 we watched film. There was a, about an hour and a half block at, at Mount Union where you, there was kind of a, was a study period during the day. And we had a defensive film session that day. I was in our defensive coordinator's office. And I, 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 
I say this because I related this a little bit in 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 not the same way, but a similar way last year as COVID existed. I think for the first time in my life, it it was where I felt the freedom that I probably um, took for granted in, in our country. Um, was it felt challenged and i think there was a there was such a you you know you're at a unique unique time you're in college you're a junior and there's a lot of emotion for the first time of you know what are you about what do you stand for and you watched our country uh respond and rally um but I think that was a powerful time in my life and, and that experience was powerful. And luckily we had a great head coach that I think guided us through it. We actually played that Saturday um, and I know a lot of teams did not, but um, you know, I, I think from, from my end, you know, it was really a, a growth time in my life to who I wanted to become and what, what I wanted to stand for. And um, so personal significance is the second part of your question. I don't know that with our staff, you know, those are things that we have talked about, but you know, certainly I don't, I don't think that that there's something personal in terms of anybody involved with that. To piggyback on the running game question, I think both you and Brees after the game said you felt like he probably left some plays or yards out there. What did what showed up on film of where that happened? Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think, you know, Brees was a, a little bit dinged up at the tail end of fall camp. I really thought he was as great as I've seen him early on. And, you know, I think you, you just felt like he was a hair off on a couple plays, you know. And um, now, to Brees' credit, there's a couple other plays that some of the other guys are a hair off. So it's not just on Brees Hall by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I, I think from – and then there's some – runs that Brees Hall makes in that game that are are big runs so you know I, I just think it's a collection of everything kind of getting in sync as we continue forward and and that's something that I think between game one and game two um, will be really critical for us as that question was asked earlier of man you know sustaining success in the running game what's Charlie mean for Brock <laughs> yeah you Not know this is your offense but for Brock yeah I, I think obviously those two have a great relationship I would say bigger than that you know and again this is where I was really proud of Brock I thought his performance last last Saturday was outstanding there was never a panic um, man when he needed to make a big play for us he made a big play and I thought he really managed you know the football game in a tremendous way to make sure that we had an opportunity to win the football game and you know I, I think when you you flip back and I say that Randy because you flip back to last year in the Louisiana game and I think it was huge that Charlie wasn't in the game you know there was a lack of explosion in our offense there was a lack of explosive plays and you know to be able to get some real positive things happen in the passing game last week and then get Charlie back I think that's big for our offense but I, like you said I definitely think that that unity that Charlie and Brock have is really big fourth and inside the five late in the game I don't know how many minutes ago late in the game if Kohler was out there <laughs> Kohler Chase you know Jared whoever um, but particularly Colin Chase, would that have been a, would you have gone for it? No, and, okay. and here's why. You know, we were playing such great defense at that in that situation. Um, you know, if if they make a big play and now they got to score a touchdown to win the game, and and again different setting different game different style of game maybe you do go for it you know but and you saw us from two years ago we're in the same situation against Kansas and we go for it and and you know you put the game away but the flow of that game was completely different so you know I think every game's different every situation's different but uh, at least back to that situation I would have definitely done that again I remember when you hired John Heacock at Toledo yeah. and I don't know if anybody at that time thought 
Matt Campbell just hired one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, and that's not to knock John. Yeah. But when you hired him back then, what did you think you were getting? And, you know, I guess what did you end up getting that maybe was even better than what you got? Well, I, I think the biggest thing, Ralph, from my end was – Man, when I got the head coaching job, and, and you got to remember, I, I'm still 40, I'm 41, so I don't have all the answers. All right, I, I, I'm the first one to admit it. And at 32, 33 years old, that was year, our second year at Toledo, I certainly didn't have all the answers. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that was really important for me with Coach Haycock is, number one, there was a relationship there prior to. Um, you know, Coach Haycock was at Youngstown State. He, uh, when I was a player, you know, certainly had a relationship with him coming out of high school um, when I left the University of Pittsburgh had a relationship with them um, there were there's close family friends we, with the Haycock family and, and our and our family and then you know you fast forward I remember being an assistant in Toledo and coach Haycock um, just got let go at Youngstown State and he's up at Ohio State kind of helping his brother out for a year and man we had a great conversation for about an hour and I'm like geez you know this this is one of the best football coaches that, that I know and and I think there was some reality to the coaching profession for me at that time is man this guy that was national coach of the year and all these great things and now he's out of a job and it was like whew, I think it was a lot it was a lot for me to think about but when I got the opportunity to be a head coach I really tried to get Coach Haycock initially. You know, he he was at Kent, you know, and Daryl, they were really close. And um, it, it just timing wasn't right. And his loyalty and what he's about, it just it didn't fit. Um, but you fast forward the second time around and Tom Matukowicz left. He went in to be a head football coach and it opened up the defensive coordinator position. It was the first phone call I made. And, you know, I, I just for me, it's his leadership, what he stood for, what he was about. He'd been a head football coach. And I think from, you know, to have somebody to bounce those ideas of, man, what do you think? Is this the right decision? Um, you know, not only, man, what are we doing defensively? And, you know, you think about what we've been through now for the last seven years. You, you were a quarters man team at Toledo and, and, and then you come here and, you know, you got to try to figure out how the heck are you going to play defense? And, you know, I think he and I have both evolved a lot together and that, that's been a great journey. And he's certainly been huge for me in, in terms of the head coach perspective of things and being a balancing act. And then obviously from a defensive standpoint, man, it's been really fun to, to work Work together. Building off that a little bit, um, what has allowed your team to be so good in the second half defensively? I think Mike Green tweeted out a stat that you guys have allowed 13 points in the second half over the last six games. What allows you guys to adjust and be so good in that second half? Yeah, I, I, I think the biggest thing is the ability to make adjustments, you know, and I, great defenses know how they have the ability to make the right adjustments to put themselves in position to stop maybe whatever's going on. And, you know, that's, that's part of football. You know, offenses are really good today. They're going to have a plan. What's that plan? And then how do you make the adjustments to put yourself in a position to be successful? And, and again, that's where having not just Coach Haycock, but man, you have Tyson Vite, you got Eli Rashid, you know, the, you got Matt Capone. To be able to have that continuity and consistency and to be able to communicate within a football game Know where, know where the areas and the issues lie and then be able to come up with the answer, that's, that's been incredible and they do a tremendous job. I think the communication on that side of the ball is outstanding. When Randy asked you about Kolar, you kind of drew a line between him and the lack of explosive plays against Louisiana. What is his effect on that, whether it's him catching the ball or just tilting a defense in a different way that 
opens things up for other people. Yeah, at least a year ago early in the season, it, it, it was certainly that, you know, you were, you know, there was really no Brees Hall at that time. There was, you know, no Xavier Hutchison at that time. Um, you know, for the early part of the season, there was Charlie Kolar. And so I think he drew a huge amount of that scope of what was going on and how were people going to try to stop you. And, you know, that's what makes every same thing I said about the defensive standpoint. It's what makes it really unique about what we do offensively because, man, what you see on the videotape most, most times as you're preparing isn't what you see on Saturday. And so your ability to adapt and adjust within the football game, it, it's really big. And Charlie's certainly a key piece of that because you know, you know at some point, whether it's third down, whether it's first down, you're, people are going to be aware of where he's at. Matt, how has your comfort level as a head coach in close games evolved <laughs> over time? Well, you know, coming from Mount Union, um, I'll be really honest with you, it's, it's taken a lot. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like this, I said this on the radio show last night, my wife chuckled on Saturday. She's like, man, is this ever going to, I said no, before it even got out of her mouth. So it just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the style we play at times. It's, it's what we do. But I'll be honest with you, I think not only myself, I think our kids have really understood that, man, there's a style we play here. There's going to be times where games are going to be critical in the fourth quarter. And man, it's how you respond. Football's a unique, it's an imperfect, it's a game of imperfect things. And your ability to adapt to those and, and, and keep your poise is huge. And that was one thing I was really proud of our football team. I think our team never flinched or lost their poise on Saturday, which was awesome. Just a quick follow-up before going there. How much did Coach Haycock, as a guy who'd been through everything, once he joined your staff, helped you in that aspect, and just reaching the, the calm that we see from you a lot now. Oh, I, I think a lot. You know, I, I, I've matured a lot, you know, and there, there he's been a huge piece of that. And, you know, I think sometimes you're the young guy and you're, you're, you got a lot of energy, you got a lot of, and, and sometimes you're putting your time and effort in the things that maybe on the grand scheme of things really doesn't matter. And, you know, I, I, if you say, my evolution of, of trying to find out like, man, what's really important and then sinking your teeth into that. And, you know, I, I think Coach Haycock having veteranness to to some of those issues has certainly been a great guidepost for me. Uh, another question about Coach Haycock. Last night on the, <laughs> uh, on the Old Miss Louisville game, uh, Kirk Kirkstreet was talking about DJ Durkin coming to work with Coach yeah. Haycock. Has it been, su I, don't, I don't know, surprising if it would be the best word, but to see Iowa State kind of become this epicenter of the evolution of defense and college football where teams come and seek you guys out to learn more about how you defend. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's – it's like anything. You know, I, I think when in, – in our – Yes, it's new, it's different, and different a lot of times creates people of being in wonderment of what's going on and how are you applying it. And I, I would still say what we're doing is not so unique. How we're doing what we're doing is what in my, my mind is really impressive. When you watch that videotape and there's 11 guys running to the football in every play, that's still what defense is about. You can line up four guys, you can line up five guys, six guys, but it's, it's 11 guys believing in what their job and responsibility is and then running to the football after it's snapped. 
I still think that's what's important. And so, yes, you know, it's, I think we as coaches are always so, man, enamored by scheme. And yet scheme, I think, is, is one of those things that uh, it is great people come and want to talk it. But I think a lot of times they miss the point. It's not the scheme. It's, it's the how. And I think those are the things that's really allowed us to be successful on defense. Matt, this is Spencer Petrus's first game in a hostile environment, first game against you guys. What do you do up front, linebacking core and on the line to maybe give him some weird looks, different looks? Yeah, you know, I, again, I think that's – he provides a great challenge because very similar to, in my, my opinion, some of the great quarterbacks we've seen from them. You know, he's big, he's strong. Um, he's got the ability to make all the throws, in my opinion. And there's a, there is, there's a really good athleticism about him. So, you know, I, I think just when you think you want to do this, you know, I think the, the awareness has to be it's got to be disciplined defense. It still has to be because he's so athletic. He has these abilities to make all the throws that he can put you in compromising positions. So I think equally of how do you affect him, how do you not let him beat you the entire game? And I think that'll be really big for Amarin. Matt, have you noticed any Iowa-specific players on your team that are have an extra level of pride or whatever this week? No, I, I, I just said on the radio show, you know, last night, and I, I do think this this will be the first time that I really felt like we've gone into this game and there's a good chunk of our roster. There's guys that are, are playing in our two deep that are from this state. And, you know, we've had to work really hard to, to, to reshape that and to, to get that. But I think, again, like I said earlier, yes, there is an extra meaning to this game. That's what makes it special, man. It's a rivalry game. It's, it's, it's special to be a part of that. And when you have young men from the state that have grown up and watched this game and been to this game, I, I do think they understand and they have great awareness of, of, of the meaning behind this football game. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that's really how I feel about that. All right, Coach, thank you. All right, guys, thank you. Thank you.